As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sans Pants Radio. Come in me if you want to live. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some franchises just need fixing. I'm Gabe. I'm Tom. I'm Carney. And today we're looking at Terminator. With a Y? No, yeah, preferably not. But I, I guess that's where the franchise is as of recording. Terminator. So. I was Just thinking Terminator. I was thinking about Terminator last night and like I was genuinely, like it shocked myself that there are five of them. Like I'd forgotten that. There are five, right? There are five, yeah. I forgot like Salvation. I, I like I like um, Sarah Connor Chronicles, actually. See, I didn't I, mind it. I don't I haven't watched it since it came out. Yeah. But I don't oh, same. Yeah. hate <laughs> Salvation. Like oh, I, I didn't when I saw it. I and like it I didn't existed. really hate Genesis either. Like uh, I mean I, Connie, I remember you and I at the time being like, eh, it was fine. Like for, Did I? Yes, you were. You, you mummied nobody, it, mate. <laughs> don't watch it with you. Nobody agreed with us. <laughs> and you and I were like privately to each other, like, yeah, it was pretty good. No, like I, I don't think Genesis was good. I I think it was fun. Um, I think it was like turn your brain off, just kind of go with it. It was yeah. a terrible movie, mm. but like for you know for what the Terminator franchise is at the moment, we're not exactly expecting sterling sky high quality anymore, That's true. right? Yep. I mean, um, when, the, when the best film in the in the uh, Terminator franchise is the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad no one was like, "Nah, Tom, you're wrong." Because I would. Nah, I won't fight that. I no. used to say, I used to say the first one. And then really? I the second one. Then I was like, "Yeah, no, the second one." All the good bits are in the second one. Yeah. 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 Except for the original, I'll be back. That's funny because it's. I mean, James Cameron. So when I. I've always thought that Alien was better than Aliens, but then when you watch them back to back today, mm. it's like no, Aliens, Aliens is better. Yeah. It's, it's almost the exact very different same principle. Like, so I, does that I mean Avatar Two will be fucking amazing? <laughs> Probably. He's got the track record, but they they are like one Terminator One and Two are very different films. Yeah, but so are Alien One and Two. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. Action, yeah, um, stepping up. But yeah, it's 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 the same thing. Like you watch them back to back, and two two is a better movie. Like mm. one one is great. Like one is it's kind of almost like. El Mariachi than Desperado. Yeah. Like, although I actually think El Mariachi is a better film than Desperado. But yeah, like, I agree. But in Guys, terms the, of- the best film out of those is Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I love Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> El Mariachi's got a lot of charm though. Yeah. And but and I think on a in sort of a different way, Terminator and Alien both have that same kind of scrappy, low budget, making this film DIY charm that I think I think counts for a lot. But objectively, you watch them back to back and, you know, Terminator and Alien, Terminator 2 and Aliens are the better movies. Yep. And Terminator 2 just did so much amazing stuff. It never flags. It never gets boring. It just rockets along. Yeah. It's got heart. It's got so much going for it. And then, like, 3, three is fine, but... 
Three has the great gag, though, where he comes back and he goes into the gay bar instead of the bikey bar, and that's a yeah. good gag because he's got little man sunnies on. It's kind of just like <laughs> all, like so much of three where it's like, hey, it's just like the bit in two except funny. Mm. And I don't know, like three, apart from the fact that three has like a really gutsy ending that's not actually that gutsy because it was always where the franchise was building to, like most of the film just kind of feels like this very hollow retread of two. Well, like two kind of had that great emotional connection between John Connor and the Terminator that, you know, made the, the, I know, know why you cry moment. So yeah. oh, even though like people say it's cheesy, that no, was great. And the thumbs up. No, oh, I was about thumbs to say, up is the it. thumbs up. That's one of my favorite moments great. in cinema. So, oh, so good. Oh, then, man, like, I'm getting emotional. To that. <laughs> three has none of that. Like three has no. none of that heart. Three just like, and I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't mind sort of what it does. does with three John have the Connor. coffin gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's got fun moments, but yeah. like it's just it's just a bit of a weightless film until the end. And then Salvation, bearing in mind I haven't seen Salvation or Genesis since they came out. Salvation at least it did something different. Yeah. And then Genesis kind of literally retreads the best moments from the first couple of films and then sort of like re- and like I don't know, I feel like my soft spot for Genesis comes at least partly from the fact that I have a massive soft spot for Arnie. Yeah. And I just like Arnie being in films. That whole film is Arnie of... going, hey, guys, remember when I did this? And you're like, yeah, we do, Arnie. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kind of, I guess now we're looking at a, we're at a point where Terminator 3, or Terminator 6 is going into filming like next month. Wait, hang on. What? Yeah, so do we know anything about it? Right, this is what we know about it. James Cameron is producing it. Okay. Tim Miller from Deadpool is directing it. Tick, tick. It's okay. ignoring everything except for the first two films. Tick, aye. Well, yeah, but like, so did Genesis. Like, oh, yeah. I like this. And Linda Hamilton is coming back as Sarah Connor. Ooh. So. Okay. I don't know. Mm. But then, you know, James Cameron endorsed Genesis. And Genesis was meant to be the, oh, we're getting back to basics. And we're ignoring three and four, which they didn't need to do. Like, all they need to do was say Judgment Day happened in 2003 instead of, 2000, instead of 1997. And it would have been fine. Yeah. It wouldn't have, like, because I, I just, I don't know. I, I get really annoyed by franchises. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to ignore those films. We're going to ignore those films. Because, like, this kind of selective amnesia where it's like, oh, this counts, but this doesn't. And the deeper you get into a franchise, it's like, why should we care about any new installment if it's just going to get retconned two films down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, Genesis, that was the most offensive thing about Genesis to me because even though Salvation, you know, like recast everyone and, and Nick Stahl and Christian Bale don't look anything alike, like it was still John Connor and Catherine Brewster. It was still following that chronology. It was still tangibly part of the same ongoing storyline. And Genesis so easily could have been as well. Like how, um, you know, Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, like just wiped out all that continuity yeah. and still kind of kept it in a second yeah. timeline. Like Genesis could have just and done that. And then just for the second movie of- went, oh, we'll just use all that con- continuity we wiped to just tell the film that we've already told before. <laughs> yeah, good on you, J.J. It also kind of made the film, because like obviously in Terminator 2, even though it's like, oh, we're not ignoring Terminator 2 because you get the T-1000 again and everything, like you are ignoring Terminator 2 because you're saying Judgment Day happened in 97, mm. which was delayed in Terminator 2 you actually would have included ter- you, you could have had your Terminator 2 and eaten it too if you just said Judgment Day happened in 2003 like anyway look it so and then doing it again I'm just kind of like it, it just sounds like Genesis all over again and I'm like how involved is James Cameron probably not that involved he's got eight Avatar films to make you mm-hmm. know so and, and a theme park to oversee is it an Avatar theme park it's it's Disneyland and they have an Avatar for some reason Disney apparently own Avatar did we not know this? This is before the Fox buyout too. They're in really? somehow maybe. So the, at at, at, like at one of the Disney Worlds I went to, they have a part of their. So you know how you, like, you go to Disney World, it's like Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom. At the Animal Kingdom, they have a part of their park that is Pandora, and you go in there and there are Avatar rides, and you can buy 
Navi toys and this is it's recent like within the last couple of years but it's at Disney World it was before the buyout it's probably like a sort of you can have the rights for or like for this park sort of thing it's probably like a mutually beneficial thing because it kind of keeps Avatar in the consciousness and Disney has the capability to Capability to do it. It's yeah. fucking rad, and I want to watch another Avatar so now, film after going there. So Avatar Man, two and, job. and the million other ones, they're going to be Disney films. Well, they will be now because if Fox That's owned Avatar, and now Disney's just got everything. Yeah, they, they do. It's terrifying as fuck, Sean. Yeah, we should be afraid. They're buying us out, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be replaced by a, a lighter, less volatile version of me. Good, it's Disney friendly. Frankly, so. any replacement would be better. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, uh, Terminator. So I kind of the other thing is that like and this is something I kind of want to get into in the pitch I'm going to do. Arnie is an old man now, mm-hmm. and how dare you? No, he is. And I just kind of think finding increasingly contrived ways to fit him into the franchise as he is now, and be like, oh yeah, no, nah, Terminator's age, and that's like, do they though? Like, I, I guess like living tissue over metal, but I, I just I don't know. It just it. It felt very, oh yeah, shoehorned in, and now you're going to have to pretty much, even though you're ignoring Genesis, you're pretty much going to have to go with the same logic to include him as a Terminator, and you're going to have to kind of jump through hoops to be like, why is there an old Terminator here now? Because if you're just following Terminator 2, that Terminator died. So yep. so I, I just don't, like, so when I kind of came into doing this, I was sort of thinking like, what's, well, I was actually kind of thinking it on two different levels. I was like, what, what's a potential film that could actually find a valid reason for Arnie to be in it? Because they're, at this stage, they're probably not going to make Terminator films without Arnie, at least for the next few years. And secondly, what's a film that could actually do something good for Arnie's career? Yeah. Because I'm a little bit fascinated by kind of the post-governor career of Arnie because, like, he kind of tried to – he had this whole idea of, like, this – there were a lot of interviews and stuff he was talking about, like, making this big comeback. And then he had his affair and everything, and then he just sort of didn't for a couple of years. And then he, like, went to production on several films – that have all kind of come out and not done well. So there yeah. was The Last Stand was his first one, 2013, which if anybody's seen it, well, you love it. a great fucking awesome, love right? There's a poster of it just behind yeah. us here. It's fucking rad. Because it's There's awesome. a reason we have that poster in the poster section of good films. Why, um, why are there two suicides? Oh, I don't know, mate. As well? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, like, yeah, I love The Last Stand. Yeah, it's like, great. It's, so much fun. It's great. Like, it, it's the... Like the perfect have a couple of beers and just also enjoy in the, chaos. From memory, I haven't watched it in a few years, but it, from memory, his character in that it's quite a knowing like nod to him getting older. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's um for those who haven't seen it, it basically is that Arnie Arnie plays the sheriff of a small western town because of course he does, and a drug lord is trying to come through the town to cross over into Mexico where he's going to be safe, and Arnie is all that stands in his way. It's great. I'm going to watch it's, it tonight. I might I might watch it over the weekend as well. So, but like it, it didn't do well though. Like it. I think it made its budget back just, mm. and then pretty much everything he's done since then has been more or less a bomb. So he had um, Sabotage, the David Ayer film. Oh, yeah. Maggie, which I want to get into Maggie a bit more in a second. Aftermath, which is about a plane crash, and he it's like based on a true story and is like a grieving father. That's who the like, new one, yeah? Yeah, tries to take revenge against... Yeah. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's All the ones he did film. with Sylvester Stallone, all those ones. Oh, the prison one. Stuff. The prison one, which they're doing a sequel to apparently. I got a soft spot for Expendables. What's the prison one called? Escape Plan. That's it, yeah. so I've heard rumor that there's a second apparently one. Apparently, they've apparently they're filming that and the third one back to back, but without Arnie. No. Oh. So that's that's just Sylvester Stallone being like, "I'll be immortal. Just put me in more movies. Just make more. Let's go." <laughs> so he lives forever if you never stop watching. <laughs> but I think I think what's kind of curious about this sort of 
I think at the moment it kind of feels like Hollywood doesn't know what to do with Arnie. Hmm. And apart, and putting him in The Apprentice was not a good idea. It's fucking funny watching Arby with Donald Trump for a few months there. Though. Oh yeah, no, that was that was that was good, and hopefully that continues. But I, I kind of feel like what we sort of what what we've learned from at least part of his brief sort of comeback attempt was that Arnie can act. Yeah, like Maggie was not a great film, but it was a good performance. Yes, and there were glimmers of a good performance. Sabotage, good performance. Apparently, Aftermath, really good performance. Mm. Even though apparently it's not a great film, so it seems like he's not choosing amazing films, but he's aware of the fact that he can't be like Commando anymore or like in Predator anymore. And he's playing deeper, more sensitive, more complex characters and doing okay at it. He's Mickey rocking it. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is nobody's taking any notice. So what you need to do is not a Terminator film that asks him to play the Terminator again, but a Terminator film that he can actually sink his teeth into and play a different kind of character. And I think there's a perfectly obvious way to do it that everybody has been ignoring. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is give Arnie a Logan. Okay. It's, okay. It's called Terminator Legacy. Oh, um, really? <laughs> surprising no one. <laughs> no way. And That's it's, amazing. Is the theme Legacies, Gabe? And Legacy is spelled L-Y-G-Y-C-Y. <laughs> um, but, but look, basically, I kind of wanted to create a film that could almost be like like Arnie's Unforgiven or Gran Torino as well. Like, you cool. know, the, the aging star kind of doing his like returning to his most iconic role, but in a different way one last time and like, and make a good movie that's like unlike any other Terminator film, but still within that and kind of like almost like a swan song for this once great action icon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like a Creed, but with no sequel potential yeah. for, yes. for Stallone. And it also kind of gives you an avenue to continue the Terminator franchise if you want to. But it's very much a standalone film. It doesn't fly in the face of the continuity of any of the other films. It just sort of exists in its own place and is what it is. So shall I dive in? Dive in, Go for it, man. All right. So we open on footage of a young Arnie. Like, and we can use old bodybuilding footage. And just like, you know, black and white clips of him, like, you know, bodybuilding, him appearing at various things, all of that. And then we pull out and we realize that we're watching it on a cracked old TV in a dingy, dirty, rundown house. And sitting watching it is old Arnie. This is Roland Engmeyer. And he's sitting in his old destroyed family house. Surrounded by family photos, bits and pieces, all of that. Just debris. And he sits there just watching his young self, glorious, and the prime of his life. And then Roland kind of hears something outside the house. Stops, looks around, fear crosses his face, gets up, takes out the tape, puts it in his bag, looks around, picks up a photo, puts it in the bag, and then walks out. And outside the house, desolate, destroyed street. We are in the first year's post-judgment day. Okay. Okay. And everything is just ruined. Like overcast sky, you can hear the wind whistling between these burnt-out hovels of houses, And Roland kind of walks out and he just stands there on the street where he used to live, looks back at his house, closes his eyes for a moment, mutters something under his breath, and then hitches his bag over his shoulder and starts to walk. And so we get a bit of a montage. Days and nights, he sleeps by the side of the road. He walks alone under a cloudy sky. He's just going, not really anywhere, completely alone, dressed in kind of old rags, and he's just traveling on by himself. So eventually Roland stops in at... A derelict but still semi-functional town. 
like a little town. It can be like a bit of a shanty town, maybe like half the houses are tents. And there's like, you know, people in rags kind of moving around, like, you know, selling some food and everything. Basically, people here are surviving. And Roland's run out of food, so he tries to buy from this like family who are like selling some food with a young daughter. But the prices are sky high at the moment. There's barely enough to go around. Most of it's contaminated. Roland kind of tries to argue desperately. And, and this is where we realize that this is not like cool, in control, glorious Arnie. This is a desperate, pathetic man. And he gets to the point where at first he kind of tries like charm his way into getting some food. It's not working. And then he just begs. Just please, just just something. Just help me on my way. The daughter's kind of watching him, just like she's quite young, maybe like eight. And he's just like begging the family kind of, that flicker of pity kind of crosses the father's face. But he's like, no, sorry, we, we, this is our livelihood. There's no choice. And so Arnie kind of just hefts his bag and just walks. Walks on the outskirts of the town. And then as he does, he hears something from the town. A scream. And then another, and then another, and then gunshots and explosions, and just chaos explodes in this town. So Roland turns around, looks at the town, conflicted, fear across his face, and then he just runs back in. And it's just chaos. Buildings are burning, smoke is filling the sky, there's just rubble and flames and everything. And as Roland kind of moves through it all, like trying to see if there are any survivors, he sees, framed against the rising fire, a figure. A figure that turns around and looks at him. It's his young self. Oh. oh I fucking knew that was going to happen, maybe. <laughs> and Roland just stares at it, just, just horrified, frozen. And then he just, he, he runs. Like, runs around one of the burning houses, and then he hears a scream from inside the house. He runs in, and it's a little girl. Her mother lies dead over there. Her father's, like, against the wall, like, you know, spasming, bleeding out. He grabs her, hefts her over his shoulder, looks at the father. He can't. He's... He's still strong, but he's, you know, breathing in smoke. It's too much. He runs out with the girl. Does he say, come with me if you want to live? He actually can say, come with me if you want because to live. Because she won't go with him at first. She's a bit yeah. hesitant and she's like, come, no, with, no, me. He's like, come yeah. with me if you want to live. He says that. Nice. So he has to get it in there. Yes. Picks her up, runs out with her, kind of ducks around a corner, hides, but the younger him's gone. The village is destroyed. It's decimated. He sifts through the rubble. He gets some food, some supplies, maybe some canned stuff. And then with the girl over his shoulder still crying and like reaching out, trying to get back to her parents, he just goes. And so they travel. And the whole way the girl just won't say a word. She's just not speaking. They stop at campfires, we get a bit of a montage. Roland tries to talk to her, tries to reach her, tries to ask her about her parents, tries to apologize to her, but she's just saying nothing. He tries to make her laugh, crack some jokes, make some funny faces, kind of just, and it's, again, it's like, it's kind of sweet, but it's also just kind of pathetic. Like, this is a man who has long since forgotten how to be compassionate. <laughs> and he's doing his best to reach this girl, but he, he just can't. And so on they go. And then one night, they're asleep at the campfire, and Roland hears something. He gets up, checks on the girl, she's asleep. And then he gets up and he just walks through the trees. And he, he's just, he hears something, he hears something again, it's, something's drawing him. And he keeps walking until he reaches a clearing. And there under the dark cloudy sky is the young him. He's back to Roland. Doesn't look at him, doesn't turn around, it's just standing there. Almost completely frozen. A machine without a purpose. The old man's fixated. And then quietly he just turns around and returns to the camp. He gently picks up the girl, puts her over his shoulder and continues. So among the debris that Roland's picked up, the food and the bits and pieces he finds directions taken from the house to a safe place. 
He asked the girl about it. She knew anything about it, but she's just not speaking. So he's like, I'm going to have to take this on faith. Basically, it was somewhere to run to if things got bad. Yep. So he travels along. They go, and eventually, after more days of traveling, again, the girl's still not speaking. He's doing his best, but he can't reach her. They arrive at the safe place. And it's just another destroyed town. There's nothing there. And we can see that Roland was kind of hoping there would be something, but he's got no purpose. He's got nowhere to go. There's nothing at the safe place. Maybe he looks like on the verge of breaking down. And then from everywhere, from every direction, men and women with guns appear. Desperate-looking men and women in rags that look like they maybe once had been uniforms surrounding the man and the girl holding guns at them. Oh, yeah. Are you about to do what I'm about to get very excited about, Gabe? What do you think I'm about to do? Just keep going. So, because I need to know. (laughs) Roland with guns aimed at him is quickly, like, forced to his knees... Something's wrapped around his eyes, blindfolded. The girl's taken in as well. And they're led to, without knowing where they're going, an underground base. Sure. (laughs) They're taken down a hall into an office room. Roland's forced into a chair. People around him, gunpoint. And a woman sits down in front of him. (laughs) Short-haired, frosty-eyed woman. Cheers. Who introduced herself as Joan. Oh. (laughs) Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. Okay. Leader of the resistance, of this outpost of the resistance. And Roland's like, the resistance is real. I didn't think it was. And she goes, well, it's small, but it's real. This is the resistance in its early days. And Joan runs this small outpost, underground, hidden beneath this town, a safe place. They've sent out messages to the various towns, getting people to come in, basically bringing them in so they can build their ranks and find a way to fight back against the machines. So Joan kind of says to Roland, the girl will be looked after. And so she's been taken by a nurse to be cleaned up, checked up on. And then Roland, then Joan kind of, she can tell that he's concerned. And then she leans across the table, looks at him with just like cold eyes, no pity for him, and says, now, tell us why we shouldn't kill you. Roland's confused. What, what has he done? But at the same time, maybe he knows something about this because a younger version of himself has been decimating towns and murdering <laughs> people. And sure enough... Joan explains to him, she wants to know why an aging T-800 should be allowed to live. (laughs) (sighs) And Roland looks away, closes his eyes, takes a deep breath and just says, I'm not one of them. And then in a faltering voice that's not used to honesty, he tells his story about how years ago he was an up and coming bodybuilder. His potential was unparalleled and he had designs on Hollywood, maybe politics, everything. (laughs) But that early taste of success, the girls, the parties, the drugs. His wife took the kids. His manager dropped him. Eventually, he was barred from competing. Broke, destitute, nothing going for him. And when a little tech startup called Skynet offered him $2 million (laughs) for one day of being scans in their labs, well, would a single person in this room have said no to that? Oh! (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That's good. Roland smiles ruefully. Thing was, he never thought about what they were going to do with those scans. Why they might want them, and now... Well... Joan kind of considers him for a moment, and then signals the guns are lowered. She believes him, but she will want any information he has. So they stay in the bunker for a while. They get some food, they get some rest. Things are alright. Roland visits the girl. She's still not speaking. She still doesn't even know her name. But Roland is suspicious, because things just seem too comfortable here. For a resistance base, it doesn't seem that militarized or that mm. suspicious or on edge. And the fact that Joan just kind of accepted his story without question, is that suspicious or has he just been on his own too long? I would have cut him up. I would have cut him to save his medal. But yeah. they didn't. They just Yeah, nah. Mm. Joan can get fucked, Gabe. So Roland starts thinking about it. <laughs> I like the little nod there, thanks. And as much as he likes to be surrounded by human company, as much as he likes the fact that he's got food and water and he's, for all intents and purposes, safe, he starts planning to leave. And in the middle of all of this, he gathers his things, he goes around, he gets bits and pieces of supplies by night when nobody's watching, and then he goes and he visits the girl and he asks if she wants to come with him. And she just looks at him and says nothing. So Roland just hefts the bag over his shoulder... And at midnight that night, prepares to leave. Right as Skynet attacks. <laughs> the T-800 bursts through the trap door and the carnage begins. And Roland, awake, runs to the girl's room. And among the blood and the fire and the screams, they flee as the T-800 alone decimates the base. They escape the burning hideout. They run and they run and they run until Roland just can't go any further. And the aging man just collapses. He's exhausted He's breathing heavily, and he just passes out. And the girl watches him, and as she does on a strange impulse, perhaps, she goes through his bag. When Rowan wakes up, he finds the girl just sitting there watching him. Spread out in front of her are weapons. Massive guns, grenades, handguns, all of that. And in her hand is a piece of paper that she thrusts at him. And for the first time, she speaks. What is this? And Roland just kind of, he's a bit taken aback, but he says it's a map. It's a map that he stole from Joan's office. A map to the nearest Skynet facility. The girl stares at him as if trying to understand. And Roland says, I'm part of this. Because even if it was minor, I helped. I gave a face and a voice to their monster. And that means I owe a debt. I owe you and your family and everyone who died back there. The girl just looks at him and then she just says, I want to come with you. And Roland kind of stares there and it's clear that he knows he should say no, but, but the loneliness, the pain, the guilt, they're clear too. And so he nods. And so together, they leave. And as they do, she says, my name is Ruby. So together, Ruby and Roland set out for the Skynet base, traveling across the destroyed landscape. And maybe when they arrive there, we get some reconnaissance. We see the base. It's a, it's a towering factory, pouring smoke into the sky, surrounded by fencing. But the thing is, it doesn't look that well defended because they're not afraid of attackers. 
Why would they be? There are none left alive. <laughs> so Roland watches and prepares. Maybe a montage of reconnaissance. And then as night falls, the plan is put into action. Maybe we get sort of a scene of the still factory, the trees kind of blowing around it, silence, and then a bomb goes off. And another, and another. And from inside, the machines move into action. And we can have like maybe even if we wanted to, like some of those older Terminators from Salvation, like the shittier older models, like kind of hobbling out, moving out there to see what's going on. More bombs go off. And as they do, as Ruby vanishes into the shadows from setting them off, Roland walks in, gun in hand. And as several of the old Terminators come at him, he just unleashes hell. Bombs, machine gun fire, and just for a moment, this broken, beaten old man seems very, very similar to the monster bearing his likeness. And maybe he seems very similar to the glorious action hero he once was. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) And for the first time in the whole movie, as Roland marches into the base, decimating machines, we hear the theme song. (laughs) Yes! Good. And as Roland enters the facility, moving through, decimating, bombs going everywhere, out of the smoke comes the T-800, the one that's been following him the whole time. Roland faces young self, and then we hear a voice. We have to thank you. He really is quite beautiful. And from behind the T-800 emerges a familiar figure. Oh. Joan. You, Roland says, taken aback. Joan laughs. Wasn't what I wanted it to be. <laughs> What's the best way to set a trap? Spread an irresistible rumour? Claim that a heroic resistance is out there? And then make a base and wait for the dissenters to come to you? It's time to accept, Roland. This is the way of the world now. And you should just be glad that you could have been a part of that. Now put down the weapon. Silence. Nobody moves. And then Roland raises his gun. And the T-800 attacks, lunges at him. Now Roland is still strong and he holds his own, but the battle is woefully uneven. The T-800 just rains blows down on him over and over again, cold and expressionless as his older self, like, breaks, crumples, tries to get up, bleeding, breathing heavily, tears in his eyes, trying to attack back, trying to win back something against the young self that in his mind maybe destroyed his life. And as he does, we see flashes of the young bodybuilder at the height of his glory. We see all of this as his twisted doppelganger breaks him down and destroys him. And finally, Roland just goes down, bleeding and bruised, breathing heavily, unable to get up. And as he does, he opens his hand and he's holding a grenade. Oh, boy. And he looks up through swollen eyes at Joan and he just says, I guess I have to thank you too. And he throws it at her. And as he does, programming kicks in. The T-800 runs to protect its master, but it's too late. The blast goes off. It wipes out Joan and hits the T-800, slamming it into the wall. It slides down. It's damaged. It's twitching. Half its face is gone. Roland stands. The theme music swells. (laughs) He raises his gun, faces down his legacy, and kills it for good. (laughs) Roland stands alone in the smoking ruins. His injury is too much he staggers and then he falls and out of the shadows ruby appears she's excited her eyes are wide she's trying to tell him something she's trying to rouse him but he roland's dying go he manages get out of here and from behind ruby a man appears followed by others 
a man wearing a full military uniform, holding a gun. They raise them as they see what looks to be an aged T-800. But the man leading them raises a hand at the side of Ruby, kneeling beside him. Roland manages a smile. The resistance were real. Realising that hope does endure. Go, he manages. The leader comes forward and takes Ruby's hand. What's your name? Roland asks. Oh. <laughs> I'm John, <laughs> he says. <sighs> Look after her, John, Roland says. Then with a smile, a smile that comes from knowing that the war has begun with his strike, that the resistance are real and will carry on the fight, the face of the Terminator dies in peace as John Connor leads his charge away to an uncertain but hopeful future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, nah. Fucking on board with that shit, mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck me. I also thought I'd kind of give like an implicit origin story to maybe why John had a bit of a soft spot for that sure. model. Yeah. And why, it, why he sent it back. Has there been one before? Like in Terminator 3, they said that like the reason... Was because of the one he met in 2. Yeah. Or the reason he... Wait. Because he got on. killed by the... Terminator 3 Terminator. Yes. So that one killed John Connor. And apparently John let it get close to him because it reminded him of the one he knew as a kid. And that was why he was killed. Yeah. And then Catherine Brewster re... Or like Catherine Brewster reprogrammed him and sent him back to protect John Connor from the TX. Okay. Yeah. I think. TX is the woman, yeah, with the electric yes. hands and... And the, the boobs that grow when she sees the Victoria's Secret thing and <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Uh, Who's that actress? Christiana Loken. Loken, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's a fucked movie. <laughs> it really is. Now that's a much better entry into the canon. Well, it's I- something different, like something that's not just another like time. Tra- I mean, I guess it kind of falls, if anything, close into salvation. But I kind of think of it as almost being like, like the road. You know, the Viggo Mortensen movie. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did like, get a lot of road. The vibe. road bit with explosions. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Terminators. <laughs> a Terminator. I like that he's not a Terminator, but that he is a Terminator. It's cool, but that he's not a Terminator. It's it's the road meets Logan. It's meets Creed. Creed. Oh, because of because uh, nah, he played no no because no nah. oh, no true no it's just true it's not sure yeah. Tom fuck you <laughs> fuck what the fuck Tom fucking who said that dumb cunt um, <laughs> it's like you didn't need to stack on a third movie nah, we, we covered it already. it's like the road uh, and meets True Story three uh, <laughs> the things that I love are dying uh, <laughs> no I um who would play Joan sorry. Oh, did you actually, see someone in your head? I think um, Jamie you, Lee Curtis. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to drop us. Uh, drop us a. Um, drop a. Drop a Sarah, Sarah in there. But uh, no, Sarah. Well, no, because I'm not. Ign- I'm not ignoring three. Yeah, where Sarah yeah. died. Yeah. We should have known. That. Actually, that yeah, we should have. That would have been an awesome idea. But um, but yeah, I, because I just went on that big tirade about not ignoring sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Obviously, Joan isn't a human. Well, I think she is. I think she's yeah. a scientist. Working okay. For she she she... For well, I thought she was like a one thousand or something. No, no, I I didn't get that at all. I thought she was human. But she's just working with him. Yeah. Yeah, not fair. Because it's like survive like that's how you survive. Yeah. At this point. No, you 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 join or die. Yeah. Sorry, who did you say she was? Uh probably Jamie Lee Curtis, I reckon. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. JLC. Yeah. yeah. She's got form with Arnie from True Lies. Yeah. 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 Good film. Uh, and you know what? That'd be nice. People would dig that shit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think what I like most is the fact that it's it's not even like it's a Terminator film, but it's in the same way that Logan is like an X Men film, but it's actually not an X Men film. It's yeah. actually a different kind of story. This is lit- literally a story about a man. It's it's very meta. It's termometanator. Yes, it's <laughs> it's very much that. I, and I and I really like that aspect of it because I don't think you could make 
a straight faced Terminator film in two thousand and eighteen. And this is where Creed does work in that mm. in Creed, Sylvester Stallone is aware that he can't be Rocky anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so they lean into that. Yeah, they have the, where he takes like ten minutes to get up the steps that he ran up. Like, you know, it's a nice like it's yeah. a nice touch, and it's. I think in this day and age, that's the movie you have to make in 20... Did I say 2017 before? I don't know. Whatever year it is now. <laughs> but yeah, the franchise has like stretched itself to the point where this is the kind of film it needed to do. And I kind of feel like at this at this point, like... You can do whatever you want after this film too. What are we exactly? Mm. It's like, what are we gonna? What? Where is the franchise gonna go? Is it just gonna kind of be like, oh yeah, cool, we're gonna like retread past glories again, or try to do a Genesis or whatever? Like, it needs to do something different to work. And like this, I know this is closer to salvation than anything else, but it's also a character-driven story. It's kind of more about yeah. Arnie than anything else, which is what it's and never really captured. I mean, no. the, like, like the first two are great films, and they have like aspects of that, obviously. But it's never like it's always just been focused from three onwards. It's like. Oh, we're making a summer tent pole with explosions. Yeah. Remember all the cool stuff you liked from the first two? Yeah. Like even even in two, when they referred back to stuff from the first one, they it was like a, it was a tip of the hat, but it actually made sense from a story perspective. Like the fact that the T like if you'd seen the first one and then the T eight hundred shows up, you're like, Oh my god, he's gonna kill him. Yeah. And then he doesn't. And it's like, this is this is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd buy at least one ticket. And then I'd sneak into another screening afterwards because uh, tickets are expensive. Well, I feel like I, I just kind of feel like if, if Arnie's smart and if the makers of the films are smart, this is the kind of direction they should be going in. Yeah. Like, yeah. and this this is the kind of thing that can be his swan song as that character. It can be like this is the last time you see Arnie in a Terminator film. It's a goodbye to the franchise. It's a goodbye that's done with dignity, and it's the kind of thing that people would go and see. It's like people, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there was much excitement for like another Wolverine film until it was like this is going to be Hugh Jackman's last run at the role yeah. and they're letting him do what he wants. There was no excitement yeah. for that and then we saw the trailer and we were like, oh. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It's different. But yeah. just, the trailer was amazing because it had uh, fucking Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Oh. No, but it was a great trailer like yeah. that, that showed him you know, in, a di- in a different time period basically and, and it was just- Patrick it, Stewart was mad and that yeah. all the heroes we believed in are just- not the heroes that we have anymore. Post Logan world, I think you can get away with more films like that. I think yeah. if anything, Logan has proved that you can. And the same way the Deadpool dark, has shown that you can yeah. go that way too. Just for what it's worth, though, do any of us think that that's what Terminator Six will be like? No, no, no absolutely not, not. Not if they're bringing back Sarah Connor. It'll yeah. be it'll be Sarah Connor teaming up with Arnie, and it'll be like a buddy cop film. Mm. I'll still enjoy the fuck out of it. Probably uh, Arnie, Arnie will still play the I'm old. Like that'll be yeah. good. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'll love that. But, but Gabe's right. You can't like at a certain point. He just can't be an actual Terminator anymore. He needs to be this, man. this character. He needs to be a man. Yeah, which was real. I, I liked it, and I liked that it's. It was again. It was lit. It was a mirroring that they picked Arnie to play the Terminator because they saw him as a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite aspect. Like of it. two but, million but again, dollars. Can use your body for a, what was it a day? <laughs> yeah. But even yeah. but even the same thing is that like that's how it actually like happened too. They picked a guy who was. A big dude paid him a shitload of money to come in and say fuck all and just punch the shit out of people for ninety minutes. Yeah, and then he built a career on that. Like someone worked out once how much he makes per line of dialogue in that film, and it's fucking oh, absurd because yeah. he says like he has twenty lines, I think, in the whole film. Yeah, and a lot of them are like early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know the, the I'll be back shit, all of that. Does he? Does he look? Is this too pandery? But does he drop a Arcella Vista baby? I thought about it. I actually thought about it, but I was like, no, nah, too pandery. Yeah. <sighs> I wanted to get Nalby back in there. I didn't fit. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's room for there's it somewhere. Room for it. There's room yeah. for like in a moment where he's like, he leaves Ruby and she won't 
Like let yeah. him go. It, then it's then it's again. It's a, it's like the come with me if you want to live. It works. Yes. She won't let him go, and he's got to go like fight something or get something. And there's like something going on, and she's terrified because maybe there's like they've come close to some terminators. Yeah. Or whatever. it depends on the delivery of it as well. And just yeah, she's like, exactly. no, 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 I'll be back. Like, yeah, so it's, it's something just like that. Like that. It's, like, it's a human relax. It's not a robot saying and it. He it's runs a, off, yeah. and everyone in the audience goes. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like so, dickheads like me go. Oh, I see the line, and then people who actually give a shit about good movies sit there and go, "Now that was beautiful." <laughs> like, just in the way that works, and like, and yeah, like exactly what you said. Like if it's just like a like a human moment, like a vulnerable, "I'll be back," yep. not like a, "I'll be back," but yep. like you know, just I, I think that's how you got to do it. Do you think that this franchise has any life left after Arnie? Well, I mean, they tried with Salvation, didn't they? I, like, I mean, he's barely in it. He's in like 10 seconds of that, but he's that, still... Like, you need... I don't know. I feel like you need a... I mean, they'll, they'll probably just, they'll probably just story. CGI him in. Like, the thing that I think of would be like... I mean, make something in that world, but it's not John Connor and, and all that. But then it's like, then what, what's the point? Then like, what is what's, it? What's exciting about the world? It's like, it's a post-apocalyptic world. It's like, it's either, you've got two options. It's either you do the post-apocalyptic world and you find ways to tell stories in a world that's overrun by machines, which literally could be any apocalypse film. Yeah. Or you do a time travel story set beforehand, which we've had like four of now. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, I, and like, a, yeah, like a chase film based with a time traveling bad guy and a time traveling good guy at the same time. I, I feel like the problem with Terminator is that like one and two tell a complete story. It was always a closed loop. And if they went beyond that, all they could do was like go to the apocalypse, which is what they did with three and four. Yeah. And then I guess like, what else can followed, you do from yeah, there? If they'd followed yeah. the salvation timeline, they could have, they could have actually gone like, I mean, yeah, if they followed the salvation timeline, they could have gone up to the point of John sending, John sending Kyle Reese back and the Terminator getting sent back, which you saw in Genesis anyway, but then they fucked with the timeline and anything. I think like Genesis is kind of proof where it's like, even though, yeah, we, we say that Genesis was all about recreating the past glories and it was like the first half an hour, but after that, it tried new things and it just didn't work. Like it was yeah. just too silly. John Connor being a Terminator was an interesting idea, but they and didn't in the trailer. nothing was done with it. <laughs> but yeah, that was the other problem is that why have a twist that good and show it in your trailer? Yeah, because so they dumb. knew no one's watching this film. Unless we reveal that. But even then they set up that dumb thing with Matt Smith's character. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that he was yeah. in it. he's in that film. As like a Terminator Skynet? as well, or like the living embodiment of Skynet. Oh, who knows? Who fucking... Basically, that movie was like, let's combine Terminator and Siri. That's a good fucking idea. <laughs> what are the kids into these days? Oh, they like Siri, Dad. All right. Uh, what if we put Arnie in and fight? he fights Siri? Oh, that's a good idea, Dad. They were, tr- they were, I Dead here is think- like Harvey Weinstein or something. <laughs> <laughs> I do think like apart from that first half an hour, they, they were trying something different in Genesis, but like, it just like, you try something, it's one of those franchises that's like, the first two films are so iconic that it's like, if you try something different, it's not Terminator. If you do Terminator again, it's redundant. Like, I feel like a film like this is kind of the only real place you can go. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, who do you, like if they were to make this Logan style version, who's your like go-to director for it? Uh, Blade Runner 2049 guy. Oh yeah. Or John Hillcoat. You no, know, or um, John Hillcoat. What's John he done Hillcoat, lately? Actually? Huh? What's he done lately? No. I don't know about lately, but the proposition. Proposition's great. And the road. So. He did the road. Did he also do that one with Tom Hardy? And yep. Shire? Yep. Uh, Lawless. And he also did recently that Triple Nine movie with um, Kate Winslet and everyone. Um, that's supposed to be pretty good, isn't it? It's all right. Mm. Have you watched it? Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'd watch, I'd watch Blade Runner one. Hey, yeah, he's hey, a great director. He's a great director. Yeah, it looked pretty as fuck. Maybe mm. I still watch Blade Runner. I mean, who did Logan? Who was the director behind Logan? Just get that guy, James Mangold. 
Oh, yeah, but he, I mean, he yeah. pretty much making the same film again. But yeah. Just get fucking James Cameron to do it. He'd fucking do it. Mangold's interesting because he made the previous Wolverine as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so which like, I'm, I'm just fascinated. What's, by what's that. interesting though yeah. is that he necessarily wanted to tell. He, didn't, he wanted to do. He wanted his that one. This is so off topic, but he wanted that one to be closer to the Frank Miller one. Yeah, and I yeah. think there was a bit of studio involvement. Where they're like, no, no, you need to do like um, someone needs to be a snake. What? Yeah, just a lady who's a snake. But it's not. I'd fucking do it, James. It's too many films where ladies become snakes <laughs> that are shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's the correlation. Oh. <laughs> Joan didn't become a snake, and that's why this movie she was didn't. good. Wasn't there a snake terminator in Salvation? I feel like there was, was there? from memory. Like a centipede one? Yeah. I think so. Like that, that's Joan. She's a terminator. <laughs> she's, she's a, she's a, she was a snake, snake terminator. terminator. Oh, she oh, was a snake man. terminator. The, the real meaning of terminator oh, is friendship snake terminator. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, I've been Gabe. I've been Tom. I've been Carney. And yeah, if, if you want to sort of tweet us your opinions or email us your opinions, you can hit us up at moviemaintenance at sanspantsradio.com. Otherwise, at mmsanspants or individually, I'm at gobergmoser. I'm at Awkward Tree. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. Bye. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.